Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Jack Hoffman. For nearly 31 years, Tico Steakhouse has been a staple for fine dining in Jackson, Mississippi. I would like to invite you to come experience our family tradition of our hospitality, sizzling steaks, and healthy poured beverages. East County Lime Road in Ridgeland, 601-956-1030. What's up, guys? As promised, if you listened to the podcast I put out late last night, I had a second one lined up for you with Zach Barry. Zach covers recruiting for Red Cup Rebellion and rebelgrove.com does a great job covers it very closely i appreciate him coming on once again we had him on in december he gave us a great signing day preview before the early signing period and does the same here we got into the zachary evans recruitment the five-star running back and what these uh, out of houston and the saga that has become we got into some different stuff how Ole miss is going to address its defensive line depth on the or address its line depth on both the offensive and defensive side of the football, I should say. Got into some guys in the secondary that are on a receiver or two. They might try to flip. Lots of interesting stuff. Zach, as I said, covers this stuff very closely. We appreciate him coming on and kind of giving us another preview as Ole Miss tries to close on Lane Kiffin's first signing class. As prod, so this this podcast, uh, let it be an olive branch to you for me not putting up the podcast in time. I was traveling back from Fort Worth, Texas. Borky was out of town. Got Colin to fill in. So a lot of moving parts to this, but I appreciate uh, your patience with that. So without further ado, here is Zach Barry. And we now welcome on Zach Barry, who is now a recurring guest of the show. I uh, appreciate Zach's time. Obviously, you know what we're going to talk about. National Signing Day on Wednesday. Uh, Zach's got it all covered at rebelgrove.com. I appreciate uh, Rebel Grove allowing me to have Zach on as well. To talk all things recruiting, because uh, we are not exactly recruiting gurus here at Super Talk, not exactly our daily radio type footprint, but always good to have Zach on and catch up. What's up, man? Ryan, how you doing? We excited for tomorrow. You got a. Uh... I mean, what, what time are we? Uh, what time is the alarm set? Four a.m. <laughs> no, I, I think usually I've been good in the past. About six. Uh, I do remember one year when I was in student media. I was at the student newspaper, and like I had seen a list from somewhere of the times all the kids were committing, and I was like, "Oh, that's good. I'll get up at seven thirty." Not realizing the first batch of kids are actually on the Eastern time zone. So like, I woke up at seven forty-five, and like three kids had already committed, and I was just like, "Shit." Like, I won't make that mistake again. So, uh, I'm going to go about six. What about you? Uh, I'm I'm not going to go uh, too crazy out of my way. Um, as of right now, I think the earliest that I know of for sure is a 9 a.m. announcement. So, I'm good there. I'm just going to take the kid to uh, to school in the morning and then just get ready and hunker down after that. Yeah, as we were just talking about before we started recording, it's so different now because, like, I guess the the, the whole like six seven a.m. thing is probably now more geared towards the December signing period because that's like seemingly what National Signing Day used to be in February. Probably not exactly the same because you do have two periods, but like it seems like most of the hype and excitement does come in December. Uh, but Ole Miss is kind of in an interesting spot because. Unlike, I mean, I guess I'll use state as an example just because they're obviously across the state. But, like, most of their work is done, and that's not necessarily the case with Ole Miss, though I do gather over the last couple weeks they have shifted a lot of their focus toward 2021. But at the same time, what Ole Miss has 16 commits, and I believe 12 of those kids are already signed. So, 
I guess getting started, I'll just give you the four. Give me, I'll say five, but if you have more, just give me a few targets that uh, people should be looking for tomorrow. So the ones that people need to know, uh, off the top I'll say uh, Zachary Evans, the five-star running back out of Houston, mainly because his recruitment has been so crazy and so ridiculous that if you haven't gotten up to date with the comings and goings of of his, uh, of I guess the pursuit of his signature, <laughs> uh, you should do yourself a so, favor and just read up on it. You, that, you, I had that, I had that coming for later. But you know what? You, you, it's probably the best thing we can start with. Anyway, we'll go with the other targets in a second. Let's hunker down on this because this has been absolute insanity. So he's a five-star running back out of Houston, as you mentioned, was a Georgia commit. There was, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but there was some sort of deal where. Like, did he he sent his papers into Georgia allegedly, but didn't announce anything, and then they let him out of his LOI? Just like, what? What is? Uh, here's a dumb question. What is wrong here? <laughs> so he he was going to announce it at the Under Armour All America game, and he ended up deciding not to. But he had already signed his letter of intent with, um, you know, wanting to go to Georgia. He asked out of it, Georgia obliged, let him out of his letter of intent. So since he has already signed a letter of intent for this cycle, I guess the later, the regular signing period, he can only sign scholarship papers to where that only binds the school to him and not the other way around. So he can sign scholarship papers to multiple places and then he just chooses where he wants to go. So he can ultimately sign scholarship papers with Ole Miss, Tennessee, Florida, and then whoever, wherever he shows up is where he will go. Um, so until he enrolls in class, he's just kind of basically free to kind of do whatever he wants at this point. Um, he's officially visited Ole Miss. He's officially visited um, Tennessee as of late. Uh, LSU's not even in it, but that's the only other um, – official visit that I can think of. Um, he doesn't seem to be someone that likes going on official visits. Uh, well, he did take one to A&M. So the A&M and LSU official visits were during the season. Um, most thought he would end up at A&M. Uh, ended up not being the case. And then went back-to-back weekends to Ole Miss and Tennessee. Most people believe if he's going to do anything, it's going to be Ole Miss. Uh, I don't think anybody really has a feel for what he is going to do. He could just be someone that's building drama, and this has all been just a ruse, and he's going to commit and and do whatever he needs to do. Um, For Ole Miss or Tennessee, uh, it was long thought that his academics were an issue and he needed an ACT score, um, and that was a whole other deal. Now it is, uh, I'm of the understanding that he has that ACT score that he needs, so wherever he chooses, whether it's Wednesday, whether it's Thursday, whether it's in March, uh, he will be available to enroll immediately because he has that ACT score now. So, I, and this is a question Borky and I have posed a couple of times. Obviously, he's an incredibly talented kid, and I, I get like baggage is not something that is a disqualifier, or I guess a lot of types of baggage, I should say, are not exactly a disqualifier for a kid with that level of talent, 
obviously once you can get him in the program, I get every coach kind of operates from the aspect that, hey, we can once we can get him in here, we can kind of, I guess, get everything on the straight and narrow. At what point and what sense do you get from the Ole Miss staff? At what point would it you like would you ever would you I guess would you sense them ever being like, I don't want to fool with it because you do have Henry Parrish committed in this class. You do have the Mississippi kid Kentrell Bullock. On top of what you already have in what was a really good running back room last year, what is your sense on their, I guess, bullshit meter as far as the staff is concerned in wanting to deal with this much longer? Because I, I get if you sign him, it's all over with and all that. I got that. But like at a certain point to me, it just seems like I get he's talented, but how, how is it really worth the hassle? Because with a kid like this, like what are the odds he's at the same school in two years? Well, the from who people that we have spoken with who are close to him, they think that he just needs to get out of Houston, get somewhere new, get a fresh start. Structure. And I think that that was something, yeah, something that was was intriguing to him with Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's kind of going for a, a, a fresh start at Ole Miss. You know, he's he's had a little bit of a checkered past here and there. Uh, he's righted the ship at FAU. And now he's at Ole Miss back on the big stage. So I think Zachary Evans has kind of thought that as well. Like, hey, let, let me let me go over here and, and get with a like-minded individual. Let me try to, you know, rewrite, uh, you know, my my whole story, so to speak, and, and that sort of thing. So he's, I think he's wanting to just go do his own thing. I think a lot of people expected him to stay home, play for A&M, or go to Texas. I mean, this is a guy that's been uh, been touted as the best running back out of Texas since Adrian Peterson. He is arguably one of the more talented guys in this class, maybe if not the best. Uh, legitimate top 20 player, best running back in the class. He is someone that wherever he goes, if he keeps his head on straight, he's going to turn heads. He's, he's going to he's going to impress a ton of people and. The, the risk might outweigh the reward a little bit here, but Ole Miss, coming off of a disappointing season, a new coach, uh, you really don't have anything to lose here. And I, that sounds kind of crazy with four-star Henry Parrish in the commitment column, Tentrell Bullock's already signed, and then you've got Jerry Neely and Steve Connor. But it's hard to pass up on a five-star like this, a, a legitimate Six foot, two hundred pounder who can really run. Uh, just some of his highlights are, are crazy to watch because it looks like he's just practically jogging through six A Texas defenses. It, it, it is a risk, and and I will acknowledge that. But I also think that you have the flexibility and the comfort of knowing that you've got a pretty stacked running back room, and I think Coach Kevin Smith and, and Lane Kiffin know that. So first sign of, of trouble, you, you put him on a zero tolerance policy. Anything happens, you just cut ties, you cut them loose, and, and you move on with your day. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to pass on someone like this who, if all things go right, it's a can't-miss talent. Yeah, you answered that perfectly in the sense that that's really the right answer. Like, the other side of the coin here is, like, yeah, it's risk-reward or headache or whatever you want to call it. But to your point, Ole Miss is not really – like, doesn't really have anything to lose here. And the fact – that they have a, a a pretty loaded running back room really only reinforces that. As on a little bit of a lighter note, I keep getting text messages from uh, that are tweets from this uh, fella that appears to be in some sort of basement 
uh, following this recruiting closely, and I say that facetiously, I am of the impression that this guy is trolling and doing a Alex Jones impression. What are your thoughts of, uh, what's this guy's name, the Georgia dude? Oh, is it Georgia Ray? Yes, the, uh, I can't believe I'm the, even acknowledging this, but I do find it humorous. I think he's trying to do an Alex Jones impression, but that's just a working theory Borky and I have. Yeah, he, he's got the whole John Cena thing going, the rise above <laughs> hate and all that. It's really weird. I finally watched one of his videos, and if he's not doing an Alex Jones impression, then, my word, he, <laughs> he is a strange person. Uh, you know, sources inside, you know, the heart of Athens, is that what he says? Yeah, so um, just to be clear, this is not the guy you're talking to to follow uh, Evan's recruitment? <laughs> no, it's not. Um, no, he, he's going to be disappointed on Wednesday or whenever Zach, Zach Evans decides to do what he's going to do. I don't think he's going to go to Georgia. It, for, for, a, for a week or so, it looked like Georgia had kind of, thought about it and, and kind of considered bringing him back. But uh, for now, I think uh, I think it's, it's Ole Miss, maybe Tennessee, or he may not even decide anything for a month or so. That is, uh, that is certainly a uh, – that is like your prototypical nutty college uh, recruitment. Elsewhere, uh, now that we knocked, knocked that out, I will once again give you yeah. the floor. Just a couple of uh, – uh, kind of guys to keep an eye on tomorrow. What's significant? What could kind of I, uh, I guess, be like a linchpin turning point of the class? Like uh, floor is yours. So the theme seems to be flips here. Ole Miss has really zeroed in on a couple. Let's see, one. Yeah, we're looking at three to four flip possibilities. Uh, we'll start with Malachi Weidman, the wide receiver out of Venice, Florida. He's committed to Florida State. Been committed since uh, May of last year, so staff turnover, uh, all that good stuff. I think that it's at this point, people some some people have considered him as not even being committed, but officially visited Ole Miss last weekend. Ole Miss likes where they stand. I think uh, they really opened his eyes in terms of what he could do as a receiver. And then uh, he obviously wants to play uh, both football and basketball at Ole Miss. So he talks with Kermit Davis and that staff about the possibility of doing that. Uh, this is a just absolute can't-miss highlight reel, whether it's on the football field or on the basketball court. This guy, uh, just a brief Twitter search, and you can find some of the ridiculous dunks that he does. He is a just uber, uber-talented kid. He just absolutely jumps out the gym, and that just pretty seamlessly translates over to the football field. Uh, just an absolute jump ball machine. He's long. He can really run. He's a long strider. And he, he's not just a basketball guy that plays football. He's, he's, got some, he's got some savvy to him. He can run routes. Uh, he can really separate. He can high point the, uh, the football. I think that's the main guy to keep an eye on uh, on Wednesday. I think Ole Miss has a really good shot of landing him. And uh, outside of him, a couple other guys, Donovan Kaufman, a safety out of Metairie, Louisiana. He's been committed to Vandy since June of last year. Came in for a visit. Chris Partridge, as soon as he was hired, honed in on Kaufman and uh, really wanted to complete the flip there. People might scoff at it being committed to Vandy, 
and think that this kid might might not be legit, but had uh, one of the better senior seasons, uh, was the defensive player of the year in Louisiana. He just, I mean, over 100 tackles, multiple interceptions, returns kicks, returns punts for uh, for Rummel. He, he does it all. I compared him a couple uh, a couple weeks ago to uh, just with the Partridge connection. I compared him to Jabril Peppers, uh, the former Michigan All American. He just kind of did everything for the Wolverines. Played some played some uh, safety, played some corner, returned kicks, played some linebacker. Uh, he was just kind of all over the place. Kaufman is cut from that same cloth. He's he's a, a big time playmaker. He's always around the football. Right now, I think he's kind of. Uh, he doesn't really know what he wants to do. I think the last time that we spoke with some people that were close to him, he seemed very torn on what he wanted to do. So right now it's going to be Vandy, Florida State, or Ole Miss. Those are the programs that are that are involved with his recruitment. Um, the other two flip possibilities, I think, to keep an eye on are both Florida commits. Mark Britt out of Miami, he's a uh, safety and a wide receiver. And then Leonard Manuel is a, is a wide receiver from Fort Lauderdale. Both have been committed to Florida. Um, Man- Manuel's been committed to Florida since January of last year, so over a year now. And then uh, Britt committed in uh, November. I think right now Britt's probably the one that's more uh, likely to happen. Officially visited last weekend with Weidman. I think that they're giving him the uh, kind of the opportunity to prove himself if he wants to play receiver or safety. Um he plays both in high school, and I think that there's a chance that um, he could be successful at either one at the next level. Another 6'2", 180, 190-pound guy that can really run and really jump, and I think he would fit on either side. He plays a pretty uh, pretty solid center field at safety. I, I like him there, but, uh, but the route running is actually impressive. And um, right now, I think it's kind of a toss-up. Uh, I think in, in some interviews after his official visit, he said it was 50-50 on uh, whether he was going to pick Ole Miss or stick with Florida. The other guy, Leonard Manuel, another big 6'4", 200-plus-pound receiver. Um, I think right now he's getting some academic things in order, and uh, he may not sign on Wednesday. Maybe he does. Um, there's nothing. You can't really tell what's going to happen with these with these teenagers, but uh, I think that he might just kind of take his time with this and, and see if he really wants to stay with Florida. Or um, I think other teams that are involved, I think Baylor's involved, Oregon, and then obviously Ole Miss. But Ole Miss has really been pushing for him, and I think if, uh, if Kiffin and them really want him in this class, I think they can get him. Uh, he's a big body receiver. I told you he's 6'4", 200-plus pounds. Ole Miss has, has got plenty of those young, or not young, but the small, quick, shifty little slot guys. Um, they've got a couple big guys on the outside. Um, you know, they got Jonathan Mingo. They've got uh, Miles Battle came back. The Marcus Gregory came back. Those guys were in the transfer portal and they came back. But but Leonard Manuel's six four, two hundred fifteen pounds. Uh, they don't have anybody of that size, and and he is a absolute nightmare. Uh, to deal with on the outside, he's a mismatch. Can can really just kind of tower over defensive backs, and I think that Kiffin and uh, and Jeff Levy they they really want that for this offense to have the the opportunity to expose matchups like that. But those are the those are the big flip candidates. Um, 
it's as long-winded as, as I'll get out here, but I guess the last guy that I think to pay attention to in terms of someone that's not committed already is uh, Marcus Henderson, uh, the big athlete out of Memphis. Uh, he's listed as a, an offensive lineman, but I think he is going to end up on the defensive line, and I think he's going to be a pretty damn good one. He's every bit of 6'4", 290. Um, I spoke with someone that's, that's on the, uh, the staff at, at NUS, and, and they said that, that he really, really focused and worked hard on his body after his junior season. He was a, just a big kid that hit a growth spurt and got really, really big. Um, they said that he actually changed up his whole diet, went pescatarian and lost a bunch of weight, and now he moves a lot quicker. Uh, he's a little more explosive. So I think he's he's feeling a little bit lighter on his feet now, but he's he's pretty powerful at the point of attack. He's got good leverage. He plays with an edge, and I think that Ole Miss likes him at defensive line, and I think that he's going to end up there. Um, and I think that Ole Miss can can get him. I think it's it's going to be Ole Miss or Arkansas for him. I think uh, he wants. I, I think he likes Ole Miss. His parents want him there. After talking with with people. Uh, close to his recruitment, I think his parents really like Ole Miss. They like the new staff, and uh, they like the proximity to home and being able to to just run down the road and go see him. Uh, you know as well as I do that Memphis is just a quick little hop, skip, and a jump down to Oxford. Um, but I, I think Ole Miss lands him. I think he he uh, ends up uh, starting to solve the issue that is defensive line depth for uh, for the Rebels on Wednesday. Yeah, that was a perfect one to end on because that was kind of where I was going next. You only had, I believe, three, if you include Clowney, so far kind of in the boat. That's a interesting one to mention. I imagine at 6'5", 300, that'd be obviously an interior defensive lineman. Do you anticipate they... They're in on someone else, or do you think they'll try to hit the transfer market? Like it seems like they probably need to do a little bit more there. Would you like agree, disagree? I'm honestly not sure if they're going to do anything in this class. Uh, I think uh, I think Cedric Melton, the offensive lineman out of Texas, I think they're going to sign him. He's an offensive lineman, and then um, the only other guys that I think are on the radar right now, Darren Branch, or excuse me, Duran. It's pronounced Duran Branch. He is committed. I think they're in a fight right now with Georgia to keep him. And um, I think that if they can, they'll keep him. Uh, if not, I'm not sure that they're going to really go out and try to get someone to replace him. And other than that, I think Alan Horace, a tight end out of Texas, is really the only other guy on their radar right now. I'm not sure if they're going to go try to get a grad transfer for D-line or anything else if they have any misses. Kiffin's been pretty adamant that he's not just going to sign people to sign people and he's going to try to find fits, and they're going to try to address needs as best as they can. But I think that they're going to turn their quick their, their attention very, very quickly on Wednesday to uh, to 2021, and they're going to attack it uh, with some uh, with some emphasis. That will be interesting to see how that fleshes itself out. Just because, I mean, you kind of saw in 2018 what that defense looked like when they were not able to generate a consistent pass rush. And and it wasn't pretty. So and you do lose a pretty good bit off of uh, off of last year's team. So that that will be kind of interesting to see. Because Clowney's what two fifteen. Like, are there any guys you see coming in 
that they do have signed on the defensive line that could make an impact as a freshman? Because obviously that and on the other side of the ball is the hardest offensive line is incredibly hard to come in and make an impact immediately. Is is there a guy in this class that you see that's a possibility? I don't think it's going to be Clowney. I think that he's going to be. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, Two fifteen is pretty very, light. Very, yeah, he's he's very light. Uh, he's a super athlete, but for what they want him to do, I think he's going to need to to beef up a little bit. Uh, as far as up front, I mean, uh, you, you could certainly see Desanto Rollins do some things. He is a uh, he's a big guy. I mean, he's six four, two eighty, two eighty five. Um, I know that people are really high on Cedric Johnson. He's a uh, a little bit more of a, a weak side defensive end, outside linebacker. Um, he has got quite the frame. I'll tell you one guy that I really like, and I'm not sure if it'll be next season, but I think that he is really going to grow into a, a an impressive guy on the defensive side. Jakevian Brown out of Horn Lake, he played outside linebacker for the first time as a senior and was All-State. Uh, before that, he played tight end and was just kind of an athlete out there. They put him on defense, and uh, the guy just makes All-State in 6A Mississippi football. Uh, he, he's right now 6'3", probably still growing a little bit, 235. Uh, I mean, I think he get another inch on that frame and then get up to about 245, 250. I mean, that, that right there is about as good a defensive end as you can find. That's a guy to keep an eye on, uh, someone that signed in the early period that uh, people might forget about, but yeah, I, this is something that is is going to um, really be a theme for uh, for Ole Miss and for this staff in 2021 is they have got to address the need up front because you know as well as I do, if, if you can't win battles in the trenches, you're not going to win uh, many games in the uh, – you're not going to get many Ws in that, in that uh, win-loss column. Yeah, and it's really in some ways on both sides. I know they have a decent bit coming back on the offensive line, but it's not always like they weren't always good. And I think Jack Bicknell Jr. probably didn't get quite enough credit for what that line unit was able to do towards the end of the year. Because if you watch any tape from that Memphis game, holy cow, it's uh, <laughs> it was pretty brutal. Um, I guess just kind of wrapping up, kind of a macro thought. You know, I, I think I asked you this when you came on in December, but it was pretty difficult to kind of gauge at that point because Kiffin had been on the job like nine days or something absurd like that in terms of just how kind of the tune amongst these kids and how they view Ole Miss has changed and I guess kind of a two-part question is Kiffin said he wanted to establish kind of a national footprint when he got here where do you think they are in that process obviously very early still their first class it's kind of still hitting the ground running but just that and kind of how kids in state and out of state view them how has that changed since since he has taken over? That's a great question there, Brian. I think that that plays into the recruitment of Zachary Evans and how they have kind of gone all in on him. I think that that's part of the reason. I mean, he's a great player. I think they they obviously want him for his talent to run the football and to really add to this offense that Kiffin and, and Levy are going to implement in Oxford. But I think they want it for the splash. They want... They want people to, to remember, hey, you know, it wasn't too long ago in 2013 and 2016, Ole Miss had top 10 classes. Um, they're trying to get back there. They, they want people, they want to remind people that this is, this is a place where you can come, you can play in the SEC West, 
you, you can compete against some of the best athletes and some of the best coaches uh, in the country. And I think they're they're trying to. I mean, there, there's no way around it. They're going to try to go big game hunting in 2021. They're going to try to really get after some some four and five star players. And you know, almost might not be a household name in in 2019 and 2020. But I think Kiffin and his staff are going to stop at nothing to uh, to make that something that's a reality uh, moving forward. I think that they believe that they can do that, and I, and I don't see any reason why they can't. They've got a staff put together that recruits at an extremely high level, and uh, they're young, and I think that they're all kind of ready to, to prove that not only do they belong, but, but that Ole Miss can, can do it once again, even though it was, you know, I guess four years uh, four years ago when, when Ole Miss was landing five stars, landing highly rated four stars that everybody else wanted. I think that they're, they're, not, too far off. they're not too far off from that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think that's a great way to answer it because, like, wh- as you mentioned, once they put the staff in place, it was kind of like, all right, this really is a staff, at, like he said, that can recruit at a high level, but you're not really going to see a ton of evidence of that until 2021 because, as you know, any, as anyone, this all this stuff in developing relationships takes time, and so this was just kind of, like, to, at least from my vantage point, this was kind of like, get what you can I guess try to just form as solid class as you can, and then 2021 is really kind of where you make your statement because it's kind of your first class. I mean, I mean I, this is technically his first class, but 2021 will feel like Kiffin and that staff's first real class. So that'll be kind of interesting to see how that transitions over the next nine months as we get into this cycle uh, kind of around this time and next December as well. So, Dude, I appreciate your time. You can find his work at Red Cup Rebellion. You can find it on Rebel Grove. Uh, you got anything to plug? If so, plug away. Yeah, we uh, we just put out a, a soft verbal podcast. Uh, Neil McCready, the publisher of Rebel Grove, he and I do that once a week. It is on uh, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, all that stuff. We did a preview of National Signing Day. That is up. Uh, you can look for it under the Beer Garden with Neil McCready. Uh, it's on there, and then uh, the fellas and I over at Red Cup do a uh, show as well called Podcast Rebellion. Haven't done a uh, an episode this week. I was out of town all last week. If you can't tell, I've, I'm starting to get my voice back. Uh, I was at the uh, Waste Management Open, so I was oh, how was that good time out there? So yeah, it was fantastic. It, I highly recommend it. Uh, it was my second year. It was uh, it was a ton of fun. It's just uh, it's just a long long weekend. Uh, so uh, walking around, watching some golf, um, you know, enjoying some beverages and uh, playing golf. So uh, great, great courses out there, great people. Um, the weather was perfect. So I highly recommend going out to uh, to Phoenix and Scottsdale and in January and February. So I've always wondered because I've known a couple people that have gone out there. Did you do the whole, like, 4 or 5 a.m. 16th hole deal, or did you just walk around and roam around and kind of actually just take in the golf tournament and not have to uh, not have to rush and plug your seating at ungodly hours? So Friday we did the 16th. Uh, we got there about 5.30, and the gates, op- the gates open at 7. Uh, it, was, it was a ton of fun. It was worth it. Um, 16 was, was incredible. I highly recommend doing that at least once. Right. I also want to remind everyone to definitely have either a pullover or some kind of long sleeve jacket. Uh, it, 
it, you're out there in the desert, so it's uh, it's a little chilly until that sun comes up. So that was crucial to have. Uh, there, man, there were people out there in the morning that were just t-shirt and shorts, and man, they uh, you could definitely tell who who was the first timer out there. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the court. I mean, playing golf out there is is just as just as much fun as going to the tournament. Uh, I was looking forward to that almost as much as I was getting on 16. But, yeah, it was it was a blast, and um, I'll try to go again next year if I can. Um, but, yeah, this was my second year, and it was it was a ton of fun. That's awesome, dude. I am uh, definitely jealous. I need to get out there and at least try that once. That is definitely a golf bucket list thing. I appreciate your time. I kept you longer than I said, but I, I really appreciate it. Um, and hopefully we can do this sometime again soon. Oh, yeah, Brian. Have a good one, dude. And that was Zach Barry. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Again, apologies for the delay on the Monday show. Uh, just kind of happened. I think I got to check when Borky comes back in town, but I think I'll probably do a show either late Wednesday afternoon after all the signing day festivities. Uh, Kevin usually has a press conference around somewhere between 1 and 3. Maybe we'll do it after the show Wednesday night or have it up Thursday morning, but no real sense in doing a show Wednesday morning as the – National Signing Day kind of is unfolding. Uh, so we'll probably do something Thursday and then do the normal mailbag Friday leading into the weekend because uh, we've got tons of other stuff to talk about aside from uh, National Signing Day that will probably center our focus on Thursday. So I think what we're going to do is do a Thursday show and then a Friday normal mailbag Friday. And on mailbag Friday, we'll get into more of like uh, basketball and baseball and all of that type of stuff coming up. Again, if you haven't gone and listened to the Monday show, it is up. It is just a lot later than usual. Uh, Borky is out of town. That contributed to it some. Uh, and then I was also traveling. So Colin Brister back in the co-host chair getting the band back together. So if you have not listened to that yet, I would encourage you to go listen to it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. And we'll be back at it either Wednesday night or Thursday, depending on what we can get done after signing day. Appreciate it. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.